Hi, I'm Jimmy. And I'm Kennedy Carman. Hurry up and save at the all-new R-Town Ford. Your new choice in Randallstown. There's hundreds of new Fords with total savings to up to $12,000. Or choose 0% financing up to 72 months. It's my town. It's your town. It's R-Town Ford. They've got a license to talk. Shocking. Positively shocking. And the words are for your ears only. I think you got the point. Welcome to The Words Are Not Enough. In episode number four of The Words Are Not Enough, we're talking about James Bond elements. What the hell is it? With Kingsman The Golden Circle hitting theaters this Friday, we discuss Bond's influence on the new spy franchise. And to wrap everything up, we discuss our favorite James Bond spoofs and satires. Stay tuned. Well, howdy, everyone, and welcome to The Words Are Not Enough, our weekly James Bond-centric talk show. I am Griffin008 Schiller, because we introduced our 00 statuses a few episodes back, so that's that's what we're going to be naming ourselves. And I am joined here today by my lovely co-host, Mr. Brody Cerebelli. Brody005. Five. correct. (laughs) 005. I don't I honestly don't even know what what number he, numbers we were. I I didn't remember what numbers we were for a second. It took me a little bit and I was like in the middle of doing this intro and then I was just like 008 008. Yes, okay, I got it. What is his hand? I mean, that's, that's completely all, that's forgot all part it, of the but mystique, um, you know, if you don't remember my my 00 number, you can give me up on assignment. So it's all Yes, it's all part of the, yes, the tactic, perfect. Yeah. If only, if only uh, 007 was a little more discreet about his uh, code. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he he flaunts it, man. It's like, oh, hey, I'm 007. Yeah. You can, if you don't like it, get the what hell out dick. of here. Um, but yeah, you I, you did the show without I me did. last week. How oh, did that, uh, boy, how did that was... go? I listened to it, and I thought it turned out well. Oh, I'm so. good. I'm glad to hear that it turned out well. I, was, I felt like I was talking to myself. By the end, I was... Uh, I felt a little like a little mad, but it's all good. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. We, had, we had a good time. Me and the audience, we had a little uh, little fireside chat. It was nice, but it's good to have you back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's it, you're not you're not talking to like a a monotone wall. It's like you know, and, yeah. and hoping that someone is listening on the other side. You know, we we can actually have a conversation. That is nice. Now, it is but, always uh, appreciated <laughs> to have an actual conversation. <laughs> Yeah, people, you know, someone just like walks into the room. They're not going to be like, oh, wow, this guy's kind of weird. He's talking to himself. <laughs> you could actually say, um, excuse me. Yes, there is uh, someone yes, on the other line. Yes, perfect. <laughs> I, could yes. Always, I could always well, lie, I, but I mean, I, I don't want to do that. Well, right. Uh, but then they're going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, prove it. And then you're like, oh. Uh. barges in, demands to know who I'm talking to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You kicked someone out to get that room. Well, there you go. Well, that's a, shh, that's a trade secret. <laughs> so someone like you would do yeah. that. Okay. Holy cow! Did we what start the show completely off topic? <laughs> <laughs> what an intro. Yes. Well, we're very excited because a special movie is coming out this yes. Friday, as I'm sure you heard in the intro, and we're going to be talking about it. We're going to be reviewing it, first of all, and then we're going to be talking about how James Bond has influenced the, the Kingsman series, I guess you could say. Yeah. More specifically, Kingsman The Secret Service, because as of this taping, we have not seen Kingsman yep. The Golden Circle. We are on our way T-minus to see that hours. film shortly after we finish Woo-hoo. recording. Um, 
so yeah, and 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 we'll, we'll probably actually do a podcast centric review of Kingsman: The Golden Circle and throw it on the feed just because why not? It's spy centric, yeah. and um, I'm sure we'll be talking. You know, there's a lot of James yeah, Bond. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be talking about the 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 little nods that we're gonna de- in in you know definitely get in that movie. Yo, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. But, you know, that is not the only thing we have on the docket Mm -hmm. for today. Um, As I'm sure you heard in the intro, uh, there's there's a new thing called 007 Elements that is opening up. We're going to be talking about that in Q Branch. Um, And then we're also going to be finishing out the show with, as I'm sure you heard in the beginning, our, our favorite Bond homages and parodies and, and, and stuff like that. Anyway, so we've got some other stuff sprinkled in there aside from Kingsman, but the, the focus of the show today is going to be James Bond's influence on Kingsman, the Secret Service. Mm-hmm. Let's get started, though, with Tomorrow Never Lies. That was a really bad segue, it, no, but we just good, need to start this show. You could have segued from Kingsman <laughs> straight no talk. to it, but it was... Uh... It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't stick the landing. I didn't stick the landing. No. Um. But anyways, this has to do with a young gentleman who apparently, quote unquote, wants to be the next James so Bond. So they're spinning it. Yeah. So speaking with the Daily Mail. Yes. <laughs> who could it be? Who could that be? Yeah. Um. Yes, that that young man. So speaking with the Daily Mail on the red carpet for the world premiere of Kingsman the Golden Circle, Taron Edgerton was asked if he would ever consider taking on the iconic role of 007. And he responded by saying, I quote, if I was asked, yeah, amazing, amazing, of course. Exclamation point. Because that exclamation point is very, very important here. So... (laughs) Yes. When asked to compare Eggsy to Bond, Edgerton also had this to say. He said the following. I don't know how much better Eggsy is. I think he's quite a nice alternative. Bond is, you know, eternally super cool and clean cut and sharp. Eggsy is too, but Eggsy doesn't always get it right. And I think that's the fun of Eggsy. He's not quite formed yet. Maybe one day he'll be James Bond, but for now he isn't. And I'm glad he kind of tacked on that little... um thing there yeah. uh saying how he's got the makings to be james bond but he's not quite james bond yet right, yeah. and it you know it makes sense i mean the guy that eggsy is not supposed to be a mid 30 year old man <laughs> like he's a kid who's just become a super spy so i all of that it, it's great so yes james bond is definitely in eggsy's future i think we can safely say <laughs> um based off of the first Kingsman um, and I'm sure after seeing Kingsman the Golden Circle that'll it'll make more sense but going back to the original quote here that sparked this whole right, conversation yeah. um, Taron Edgerton taking on the role of 007 Brody what are your thoughts of that even though it's this is just kind of like fantasizing yeah, here a, really but what are your thoughts odd. on it I mean he's not he's not I mean first of all he's like 27 which is a bit young yeah um but yeah, really, he's only wait. He's twenty seven. He yeah, I think that's. I remember reading. It Holy somewhere. crap, man! I he looks he looks a lot younger than that. Yeah, I, no, I will that's say. the other thing. You have to look. I mean, like Roger Moore was older than Sean Connery, but he he looked younger, so they hired him. Like it's not. It's it's more about like oh, the look yeah. than it is the age. Yeah, when it comes to the role, anyway. Right, but, um, that's true. Just Hollywood in general, I guess. But um, yeah, no. So it, I don't know. I don't think maybe maybe when he gets a bit older, he'll like he'll look. The part more, but right now he looks like, like you said, like baby faced. It's not, um, mm-hmm. not exactly what I think of when I think of Bond. And and so I, I 
He's a, he's a fine <laughs> no, actor. Not, I just don't, know, really, I don't no. see him in the role as of yet. And I don't think he does either. I think he was just being tongue-in-cheek, but yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was definitely just a, a very much like, you know, hey, you know, if someone offered you a million dollars, would yeah, you yeah, take yeah. it? Yeah, what are you, well, you going to say yeah, no I'd to the James it. Bond like, role? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're British and anyone offered you the role of James Bond, I think it's a given yeah, that absolutely. you would take it. I mean, let's, yeah. let's be especially, real here. Especially when you're promoting a James Bond like um, esque franchise, you don't just want to go around trashing James Bond. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So his answer makes sense, but I don't no, really, but I don't see it in the cards for him anyway. No, I, I'm I'm with you too. I mean, I'd be curious as to you know what his take on the character would be as, as like an older man once he's matured a little bit more. I mean, obviously not not necessarily in his personality, but in his looks yeah. as well. Um, because he's he's a very British guy, but he's like a different kind of British guy, yeah. I guess. Like he's more um. Uh, he's got he's got a bit of a cockneyed accent, kind of like last week when you were talking about um what's his face uh, yeah. Tom mm-hmm. Hardy. He he's very British, but he's got that cockneyed accent. That's Taron Egerton's a little bit like that as well. So I I'd be interested to see how that's, um yeah that, that would turn that out. Not like not that it really matters. No, 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 at yeah, all, but, I mean that's like that's kind of like a, I think I remember there was like a because Roger Moore used to be really good friends with Michael Caine and. Michael Caine has a similar mm-hmm. thing where it's like everyone was like, you should be Bond, you should be Bond. But he's like, I, he doesn't sound like Bond. He just doesn't like Michael, Michael Caine, Caine you know, is one of the most yeah. cockneyed <laughs> men. Like, and I think it's like it's one of those things where it's like you'd be there's plenty of people who could. I mean, he's an actor. He could always change his accent. Um, but uh, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, right. It is, no there is a, t- a certain level of like hoity toity aristocratic like ness that comes with bond bond is like he's rough around the edges right, but he's definitely right. from that world so yeah so so let me throw you let me, let me just throw you a little Ooh. curveball here this is kind of off topic and we'll try to uh, there's not too <laughs> much minimal, not too much to but, discuss with this topic anyway so no 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 we so we could just like kind of yeah. dance around it for a little bit but anyways uh, i i always throw this in your, in your ballpark <laughs> What if this question was asked to uh, Colin Firth and not Taron Edgerton? Thoughts on Colin Firth being a potential James Bond? Um, it's a bit old, but... <laughs> well, okay, take his age out oh, of the equation. Oh, I'd love that. That'd be really, really fun. That'd be like, um... Yeah, yeah, really? yeah absolutely. He's got like that, uh... I mean, that's. I think that's why he's so good in Kingsman. He's, um... He's just... I don't know. He's, he's got that, like, that, that swagger. He's got the coolness. Um... He's got the Bond, like like he is James Bond in the Kingsman franchise. Let's, be, let's be honest yeah. there. Like he is very he's, much he's a, that he's a, figure. He's a Roger Moore type James Bond, which I would not be opposed I to. I completely like, agree. Yes, I was actually about to say that. He's got the, um, maybe not the... the he's well, a little I, bit cheeky. He's yes, got he's the got little, the Roger Moore swap. He's, like, he's got that like sort of, he knows it's a bit yeah. all ridiculous, but it's all good because he's going to yeah, go with yeah. it anyway. It's great, I think. And I mean... If like, like hypothetically they were gonna do an older Bond, he he is the kind of person I would imagine like a like a, a Roger Moore Bond being in his in his twilight years. Yeah. yeah. Um. Although Roger Moore got right. pretty close to his twilight years in his Bond tenure, so <laughs> yeah, I, I I would say a view to a kill. He was basically his twilight. <laughs> so yeah. So I mean, that's like um. No, I I think that's great. I he's great. So um, wouldn't turn him yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I just I just wanted to throw that out your your way because I I'd always like thought about it, but then I was like, yeah, you know, he's he's too old, you know, he's got his thing going on with Kingsman. Let's just leave it there. That's about, where he, um, his uh, going back to that thing we were talking about. I was talking about last week since you weren't here for the discussion. Um, yeah. 
that's kind of how I feel about um, getting a, a an actor like um, uh, what's his face. Shit, like this guy getting an act, an older actor in general. I feel like yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, I forgot where I was going with that. Never mind. <laughs> Completely lost. <it laughs> well, okay. This is a, you know, we we don't have too much on the docket for today. So if you ever think of it, uh, just uh, bring it back up, Absolutely. and we'll be sure to talk about it. But anyways, so yeah, that's it for tomorrow. <laughs> Never lies. We really don't have a whole lot on uh, on the uh, docket for uh, the Bond news. That was really the only little nugget yeah. we were able to find. So uh, let us know. What do you think of uh, Taron Edgerton's comments here? Obviously, they're a little cheeky. They're a little, you know, playful. I don't think he's really going to be the next James Bond. But uh, if if he were offered the role, what would your take yeah. on it be? Let us know wherever you're watching, either in the comments or in, in, in something. All right, moving on to Excellent. Q Branch here. So we got a really cool announcement here, and this is like an official announcement from 007.com. I'm going to go into this a little bit. So according to 007.com, 007 Elements will be an installation celebrating the cinematic history of Bond. Opening this winter, the installation is built inside the summit of the Geislock. <laughs> God damn it, I messed it up. I just want everyone to know. I just want everyone to know how much I um I practiced that before going to the reading of this. The Geishlakagel Mountain in Sorlden, which fans may recognize as the Hoffler Center or Hoffler Clinic oh from Spectre. God, you know, if only we were recording like five yeah, minutes ago yeah. when I actually oh, man. said Stuck it right. landing and then completely just shattered your knees. Uh, <laughs> I, I think, yes, if this was a if this was a gymnastic routine, my leg would be broken <laughs> and I'd be carried off the floor, deprived of any sort of metal contention. Anyways. <laughs> but, yes, uh, the name 007 Elements reflects the visitor's journey through a series of galleries, each distilling the craft of the signature elements that define a James Bond film. The installation will focus on Spectre as it was shot in Sorlden, but will also feature other titles in the James Bond franchise. The collaboration between the project's creative director, Neil Callow, the art director on Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, and Spectre, a.k.a. all of the Craig <laughs> films, <laughs> um, and Optimist Inc. head of design, Tino Shalder, is intended to put visitors inside the world of Bond. So there is a whole lot of mishaps there for oh, my good. part on pronunciations and, and flow mm -hmm. and everything. So if you can just forgive that, I swear I practiced this. It sounded great. I went to it's do true. it. It's true. It's all true. And it's just, if you've uh, been there, if you had been there for the rehearsal, you would be blown away. Oh, you would think man. he's a natural, natural like German speaker, but it's a. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, it's like when the bride trips up the oh steps on her wedding, even though she's already practiced it in the rehearsal. You heard it here first. Anyways, Q branch is the cow. equivalent of getting married. Like this is how much it means to them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! The the, sign, the the never mind. It doesn't even matter anymore. Uh, okay, so this gallery that is going to take us through James Bond, Brody. What are your thoughts on this? Because I think it sounds pretty cool. Um, from not knowing a whole lot about it, other than what the announcement literally is, it sounds like something I definitely want to check out if yeah, I got the no, opportunity. Yeah, it's awesome. I think. Um, I wish it was a little more accessible. Um, you have to go to like. Yeah. Right. Oh, we have to go all the way to. Uh, Switzerland. Actually, like, in, in a way, that's kind of almost part of the experience.
experience. I would imagine, like, like, I, like I having to go agree. up the mountain, yeah. like yeah. Bond in Her Majesty's Secret Service or something like that. Like that, that's kind of. What if they actually that made you do awesome. that? <laughs> I would actually like, be so down with that if I had the money. But um, that would be yeah, right. It's just such a cool concept. Um, I've always like. I've always wondered why they, they haven't done more stuff like this. I mean, art design is such a huge yeah, part I agree. of, especially the earlier like Bond films. Like, um, it, it's just it's such an important part of that world, uh, an iconic part of yeah, that world. Yeah. That why not show it off and make it an immersive experience out of it, like an art installation or something. That that's really cool. And if this is what this ends up being, which is what it sounds like. Um, that's that's awesome, right, right. and let's do more stuff like that. That sounds cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, I think the key thing here that is kind of just like, oh, well, that's you know, it's not not a big deal. Is that the focus of it will be on Spectre? But I mean, I guess that really just it makes sense because that's where the film was shot. So obviously, that's going to be the big focus because it's the building where they shot yeah. the damn film. Um, but you know, it. it does say there they're going to feature other titles in the James Bond franchise and we're going to go through it um pick up different elements <laughs> from uh different films and I think overall it could uh be a pretty uh enriching and um uh, you know uh um what's the word I'm looking for I'm looking like, for a word and I can't think of it it would be a great ex- immersive, uh, immersive yeah, that's yeah, the word yeah, thank you word. even though you didn't say it I just told you <laughs> thank you um <laughs> It would be a very, it would be a very immersive experience, I think, because first of all, you're on the essentially what is the uh, the set of a James Bond film. You're going through looking at all the different sure. elements. Um, I don't know. It just it sounds really really cool, and you know, I in, in DC because I, I live near DC in the International right, Spy yeah, Museum. Right. Yeah, that thing is so cool. They had. Yeah, they they had a for the fiftieth anniversary of James Bond or something like that. They had an exhibit there, which was kind of like this. I mean, it wasn't. It definitely wasn't as immersive or just like flat out all out James Bond, but um, they had like uh, props and, and costumes and, and different things from the from all of the yeah. films in in the exhibit. And just walking through that was an absolute treat. I, I think it was one of the coolest exhibits I've ever seen in a in a museum. And it wasn't even based on, you know, history. Yeah, I mean, it was based on a film franchise. I mean, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, because uh, I went there this last Christmas with my parents. And um, one of the coolest things yeah. was because they start you off going through the actual like sort of the actual spy stuff before you get to the bond stuff right and it's really cool seeing like all the, the actual spy stuff that you're like oh well, that looks like um like red grant's garrote watch or that looks like um the attache like case from from us with love mostly things from from us with love but um like yeah well of course because that's like the most accurate right, yeah one. And so you're going through and you're like saying that you're seeing like cool stuff like like the blade in the shoe and stuff like that. it's like it's like oh this stuff's like real this is oh, awesome yeah um also from from yeah, us with yeah. love but um yeah it's like um <laughs> no, no 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 moon ranker gadgets uh in real life apparently but um, oh no yeah i don't i don't think we'll ever see any of those in, but um yeah no soon. so it's uh um, yeah i know that, that stuff's really cool so definitely check out that museum and on top of uh what i was going to say with this um this elements thing i hope they're incorporated because i mean obviously the guy in charge of the uh the art director for the for the craig films the um creative director or whatever it was right um I hope they're incorporating some of the, the, the like the the Ken Adam designs into this thing because that is like quintessentially the, the style of Bond that like minimalist retro 
future 60s like yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah it, it's what like helps ground it but then also elevate it a little a little bit and, and make it that super spy as yeah. opposed to just you know very regular stylish, spy very, you like know? yeah it just timeless so i hope they they're including like, like maybe one of the rooms is like the specter boardroom from thunderball or oh, like, that would yeah be awesome. that would be so cool like, like <laughs> stuff like that because i mean those those are like and that's very clearly what they were going for i feel with um especially with specter in terms of art design like like the the whole, the whole like using right. blag blah, 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 in um in <laughs> no now neither no, of us God, can no. say so it. Like, i feel like the whole point of using that facility that actual facility because it, is it looks a lot like um a ken adams like set so um it could right, contribute to that sure. stuff so yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I completely agree with everything you say. I'm glad you brought up the uh, the Ken Adams thing because that was that's a that's a good point that I didn't mm-hmm. initially think of. But you know, if you are fortunate enough to live near this thing when it actually happens, or you know, you live in England and are able to easily yeah, access Europe, it, I guess. Go. go. If you're in, yeah, honestly, if you're in Europe, definitely go to this. I think it's, it will be an absolute. It will absolutely be a rewarding experience, um, and especially if you're a Bond fan or a Bond fanatic. I think that it would just be a, a great time through and through. So, um, really cool to see that happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we've got one more topic here uh, under Q Branch, and then we're going to go into Brother from Langley. We finally have juicy, juicy news oh to God. talk about in Brother <laughs> from Langley. I, I am soaked, man. I'm so excited. We actually get to use Brother from Langley. Stoked? So. <laughs> Stoked. I Did I say know. soaked? I may I have mean, said soaked. I, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. This podcast uh, is going to shit. Let me tell you. Oh, my God. In, in honor of, um, of Kingsman. <laughs> <laughs> it's only appropriate that it happens in this episode. Uh. <laughs> okay, let's get back on topic. Oh, track, topic. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> Our next topic has to do with some new book covers <laughs> for the classic James Bond novels written by Ian yes. Fleming himself. So, Vintage UK, an imprint of Penguin, will be releasing three new hardback designs of James Bond novels in time for Christmas this year. Pick up some nice little uh, yeah. Christmas presents there. Maybe some stocking stuffers or, you know, your, your uh, family Bond fanatic. <laughs> this will be a nice little gift here. Um, the titles that they're going to be releasing in the, these uh, hardback designs are going to be Casino Royale, Live and Let Die, and Goldfinger. They were selected as the, quote-unquote, best-loved Ian Fleming novels, according to vintage editor Nick Skidmore. Which, I'm not going to argue with that. Those are probably some of the more popular yeah, I novels like, I, mean, they, they, I feel like you probably could have included uh like under majesty's secret service or um yeah, yeah they're, they're, uh, yeah exactly like like i mean, those are still you no one's gonna yeah. argue that those three are popular so <laughs> yeah pick, yeah yeah uh, absolutely so, uh, or something to be the <laughs> well <laughs> i'd be a little concerned if they right out the gate oh yeah diamonds <laughs> are forever that we're gonna get their money oh man <laughs> It's a good book. Sorry. Anyways, a good book. No, no, no. I mean, the book. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Um. So the covers themselves were created by Budapest-based graphic designer and illustrator Levante Sazabo and pulled together the central characters and motifs from each book into a silhouette of the villain, which I think is one of the coolest yeah. parts 
about these covers, uh, honestly, if you just go go look them up, search uh, the new um, uh, James Bond hardback uh, design covers from Vintage UK or something like that. Really, oh, really cool. Oldest, Actually, yeah. I, I I I think one of my favorite ones is the the Live and Let Die my favorite one. one too. Yeah, that one's just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, those. I mean, it's just really well done. Like, you, like we said in the notes here, um, it really it captures just like what that story is about, the essence of that mm-hmm. story so well. It just really, really slick, clean, um, and brilliant designs here, Brody. What are your overall thoughts on these? Uh, on oh these yeah, no, they're, they're beautiful. I wish they were they were doing these for all of them. Honestly, like, let's make a whole make a whole uh, oh, like, same, collection same, same. out of it because I would buy them. They're. Uh, and I don't know how yeah, many editions absolutely. of the Bond well, books I, I already and, own. And you know, but... that might be in the pipeline, but just for Christmas, they're going to start out with threes, see how the, the sales do and stuff so like that. I'll buy them so they encourage them. But um, yeah, it is really yes, cool. Because, um, oh man, I want a Moonraker one. Let me tell you, that's my favorite of the novels. And Moonraker the really? novel is incredible. And I'm going to talk about it a little later in the Kingsman segment, but it is one of the most... Yeah, that, that's that's fine. I mean, from from my knowledge, because I have never... I have not read all of the books. Excuse oh me. Boy. I know. I'm an awful James Bond fan. Why am I even hosting Shame. this podcast? Just go kill me. I know. <laughs> no, um, but... <laughs> Um, as someone who has not read the, the Moonraker novel, I, I am fully aware that what the movie we got is oh, nothing, yeah, yeah, yeah. nothing but like it is, the it book. It is interesting how, how um, influential Moonraker is as a book on the series, even though it was never properly adapted, I guess, because I mean, a lot of elements yeah, from it end yeah. up in different different movies or uh, just generally being considered as like a James Bond and, uh you see a lot of that in Kingsman, which I'll discuss when we get there, because there's a lot of parts of Kingsman that are like, this is yes, yeah. a lot like Moonraker. But um, yeah, so anyway, right. uh, these are beautiful. Uh, I would have been nice. I think this is like a weird, not even a nitpick. It would have been cool to have a little bit of like like blood red on the Live and Let Die one to like contrast with the blue. But uh, like coming right. out of the it was, or something. It was but, all, uh, um, yeah. yeah, it was all blue. Which is still really, really pretty. Because um, I mean, yeah. But I, I mean, I, I'm with you. I was expecting like some sort of red to be integrated. Yeah, but I mean, in it's it's really neat. Um, I think I think that's I, I don't know if that's meant to be Le Chief or Bond in the Casino Royale one. Um, yeah, I wasn't Le sure Chief's, on that if either. If it's Le Chief, he's looking really good because he's <laughs> he doesn't usually he's not he's not usually oh, that, yeah, the usually that <laughs> dashing, but um. <laughs> I would. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that it is probably um, <laughs> James Bond, just because I, like you said, that's a little too dapper for. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for and it's it cool they went with um uh like Baron Baron Samity with Living the Die because. Oh, of course. I mean, like, not really, you you could you couldn't yeah, go with anyone else he's not for as that one. Integral in the book, really. Um, people actually think that um that uh Mr. Big is. Aaron Samity, like the voodoo god in the book, because he looks deathly. Right. So um, that, is, that is an iconic image like that is associated with Live and Let Die, so I see why they uh, went with it. So Right, so I, it only feels like right. natural, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. But um, And the Goldfinger one, I, I'm not really... It's cool, they've got the crashing plane there, and they've got um, the golf game. The golf game is so good. Oh, my God. Uh, that that's one of my favorite moments of not only... Of just, like, that story in general. It's just mm-hmm. so well yeah. done. And so... um. Yeah, that's that's neat. I, I I love these. I love them so much. <laughs> what about you, Griffin? I know it's it's great. 
I, I, I think that now now we know what to get yeah, Brody for it. Christmas. So if any of you people <laughs> want to donate to the Brody Saravelli Christmas Fund, um, you can get these James Bond novels with the beautiful designs on them. Um, it'd be a nice little treat there. <laughs> we're only gonna need we're only gonna um, need like so, maybe forty, not even forty. Yeah, forty pounds. There you go. I think because they're selling for like they're selling for like thirteen pounds each. So. <laughs> Well, there you go. There. You, well, I guess that's the other thing. Can people in the U.S. Yeah, get them? I mean, I, or I assume you just have to like just you know pay for international shipping. Yeah, I mean, and stuff I ordered like stuff from Amazon back in Australia all the time. So and that's, yeah, that's yeah, further yeah. away. So <laughs> well, there you go. So it is readily available to everyone come Christmas time. So definitely go check those out. And with that, that is the end of our Q branch segment moving right along here, just breezing through the show. Um, At least up to a certain point. Then we're going to, you know, talk a little (laughs) bit more, but really there wasn't a whole lot to discuss this week. That That was really the only like, tidbits of news so thank god we have kingsman coming out because now because now we get to have the inaugural episode of brother from langley so i'll just go over briefly (laughs) what brother from langley is because the first time we are doing this i i know i know i if you had listened to the first episode you're being being punished for having followed through every episode so (laughs) yes i know if you are a regular listener of ours i am so sorry but i must do this so brother from langley is the segment where we talk about stuff outside of the james bond world other spy franchises and properties um that are that are huge and we usually just talk about them very briefly because like i said this is a james bond podcast at its heart and at its core um but something else we like to discuss in brother from langley is how james bond has had an effect or how it's influenced those properties Mm -hmm. and so with kingsman the golden circle coming out in theaters this weekend and it is clearly influenced by james bond i mean very much so even the graphic novel that the movies are based on is heavily influenced by james bond it only feels natural for us to discuss kingsman the secret service um talk about bond's influences influence on the film and then some of the reference that they may have thrown in there and then something a little bit more interesting uh discuss whether we think that Kingsman is the spiritual successor to the classic Bond style. Something so like the James Bond films from like the sixties, some of the earlier Roger Moore ones. Well, I guess some of the Roger Moore ones just yeah. in general. Uh, basically, everything pre Timothy Dalton is is Kingsman um, the true successor to that. So, and and just in case you were wondering, we got the title brother from Langley because Felix it works for the CIA. He is a spy organization, uh, but it is not yeah. MI six, and he refers to himself as a brother from Langley in Casino Royale. So, yes, haha, we're very (laughs) clever. Um, (laughs) But anyways, yes, that is the last time I will explain exactly what Brother from Langley is in this inaugural episode. He's been so excited for this segment, so you have to give him that. You have to give him the moment. It it really is. It was a a brainchild of mine. I've been very excited about it ever since I came up with it. Mainly because of the title, Um, right? So let's just dive into this, dude. Come (laughs) on. Talk about Kingsman, The Secret Service. Uh, Hello. We both watched the film uh, yesterday, I believe. Mm -hmm. So it is is very much fresh in our head. Brody, I'm going to let you start this one off. uh, Just give me your overall thoughts on Kingsman, The Secret Service. The how you liked it, things you you didn't like about oh. it. Just a very straightforward review, and then we can uh, 
go further and further down the rabbit hole as we, um, you know, progress. Yeah, that's for with sure. Um, okay, so Kingsman was actually one of the first movies I saw in the U.S. Uh, when I got here because it came out in February for for, for some there we reason. Go. Um, and I didn't know much about it. I hadn't read the graphic novel, and so I was um, I just saw a spy movie, and I was like, hmm. I this doesn't look like like you know Jack Reacher or something really generic and boring like that. Like <laughs> this, had, this had isn't had Jack Reacher. For, never yeah, go back. <laughs> had to get a burn. And if, yeah, if you're interested in watching Griffin and I shit on Jack Reacher, never go back. There's a review on our on our YouTube channel. Um, Christ. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, oh, it didn't look like that oh, kind of man. like normal, like post Jason Bourne kind of spy movie where it's like everything is realistic and like kind of dull. Um, and so I was like, yeah. oh, all right, I'll give this a chance. And I went in and see it and was blown away. It, it is it is so much fun. And it is – some people complain that it is um, – it kind of takes the mickey out of, like, the Bond films a little. It, like, it mocks it a little bit. But um, – but Yeah, which, I, I mean, it, it does, but in loving. a loving that's way. The, that's the main thing. It is every every yeah. uh, <laughs> reference, every sort of tongue-in-cheek – like sort of this is kind of stupid about the Bond movies reference is made from a loving place, kind of like the Austin Powers movies were, um, but a little more serious than the Austin Powers movies. Right. Um, right. But it's, uh, yeah, everything about it was just so great. It was, they were making references to things that, um, they weren't like the, because I feel like a lot of the, the, the Austin Powers references, mainly in the second and third Austin Powers movies, they were a little more sort of like, general audience-friendly Bond references is, like, things everyone knows. Yeah, they were yeah, more yeah. on the nose, I mean, the first yeah. movie had some real gems of, like, obscure references. Um, <laughs> oh, but, yes, um, they did. Yeah. But, yeah, no, and I feel like that's what Kingsman had a lot of, especially for, like, the Roger Moore movies. There was, like, there were so many, like, sort of little blink and you miss it, like, oh, yeah, that is kind of just the way they said that, the way they did that was kind of like a Roger Moore movie. It wasn't on the on the nose or anything, and it was just Right, sort of, right. It, oh, it was just delightful. It, and and it also had like a bunch of like yeah. ultra violence, which is sort of like the antithesis of what Roger Moore's Bond was. So it was just kind of fun, right? Well, and that's like this, and that's where the Matthew Vaughn isms yeah. really mm-hmm. come in because he, if you've watched any of Matthew Vaughn's movies, I mean, whether it be Kick Ass, um, well, except for First Stardust. Class, Stardust doesn't have First Class, not really, <laughs> but you know, any any of his films, um, really for the <laughs> most part, are uber violent, mm-hmm. and it's it's definitely like a trademark yeah. of his, and it's and it, it just. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm going to talk myself in circles with just everything about Kingsman. I've I, I grown to adore that movie. It's one of my favorite, like, Same. recent Same. action movies. It's just... And then, obviously, you've got, like, major set pieces, like um, the, the church scene that everyone everyone knows and loves. Um, oh, my just, God, yeah. It, it's just... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's such a gem of a scene because, like... I, you know, everyone's like, oh, the church scene, oh, the church scene. It's like, yeah, it's 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 great. But then you go and you actually watch it. You're not like watching just the clip of it on, on, on YouTube. You actually watch the whole movie and it gets to the church scene. It is that much yeah. better. It is so phenomenal. Um, it had me just dying laughing. And this is probably like, like what? I, I don't know. The... I've seen the movie <laughs> Kingsman at least 10 times. So it's somewhere in the unteenth time that i've seen this movie and it still has yeah, me in tears at the, the end line, it's the just line that harry brilliant. says he's getting up something about being like a um like being in in, in oh yeah an, a, like he's like an, uh, a, a yeah. catholic unwed catholic, catholic whore. whore yeah going to like his he's yeah having sexual congress with a he's like 
out of, out wedlock, of wedlock with my black Jewish yeah, boyfriend. Was, <laughs> the line he says, is it was it was so, so funny, great, unbelievably funny. Yeah, and, and yeah. the whole the whole movie is kind of like that, where it teeters on being ridiculous and farcical, and also being just a really fun. Like spy movie, kind of in the way that the old, like especially the Roger Moore movies were, where it's like these they, exactly. they know they're kind of dumb yeah. and they know they're kind of like far fetched, but we're gonna take it seriously enough that you can actually invest in it, but also have some fun with it, you yeah. know, and like do yeah. something that you wouldn't see in any other movie because other movies are taking themselves too seriously. And they actually have a whole there's a whole conversation between um, uh, Harry Hart and um, Valentine, the villain played by the excellent villain played by uh, oh Samuel my Jackson, God. where they where they talk yeah, literally about yeah. like they go meta for a second. They talk about the James Bond movies and they talk about how yeah, it, that's one of my favorite yeah. parts. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. we'll get to that in a little bit, but yeah, I com- completely agree. I love oh, that. Scene. Yeah, so th- those are my my uh, unfiltered thoughts <laughs> on on Kingsman. Um, how about how about you? Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm in complete agreement with you, honestly. This is probably one of my favorite movies to have come out within, like, the, the we'll, just, we'll just say 10 years yeah. or so, just simply because of how refreshing it is. It's not, it's it's a spy, f- and it's a spy action film that doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah. We're not in that post-9-11 world where Jason Bourne takes in anymore. We're, we're a little bit past that, and we're able to have fun with this yeah. material again. And that's what I think Kingsman does so well. Um, and, I mean, it, it was evident in the graphic novel as well, but being able to have that translated to the big screen for for more audiences to enjoy it, it was just done so very well. I think Matthew Vaughn was the absolute perfect choice for this. I mean, we already saw what he did with Kick-Ass, which was a graphic novel beforehand, um, and I think he works his magic even better in Kingsman. Uh, Taron Egerton as Eggsy is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love him in the film, and I love his progression as a character throughout the yeah, story. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, I think the, the real... The, the, the shining moment, or um, the shining part of this movie, the, the best part about this movie hands down is oh, Colin Firth as yes. Galahad I mean th- this I'm I mean, gonna be honest this movie it, it, sure it'd probably be very enjoyable but it doesn't function without it Colin really Firth as Galahad so, in this movie like that's, that's the kind of performance that steals a movie without being like in your face about stealing the movie like he exactly. is exactly so, yeah and the best part is is oh no no go ahead, go ahead he's so good that are we talking about spoilers for this movie <laughs> it's been out for a couple of years well absolutely the movie came well, out in 2015 so, yeah he dies at the end of this movie or well, at least the, the end of the second act of this movie and he's gonna be in the sequel because he was yeah. so integral to these movies like <laughs> yeah so i mean yeah, it's that, yeah. that's a testament to how much his character left a, an, an impact i guess Right, right. Well, and, and I think the best part about it is he's not the main yeah, character. He's exactly. a supporting character. Yeah. And in, in the context of the movie, he's very much a supporting character, but he's just done so well that you can't help but, you know, it, he can't help but steal the, the mm-hmm. entire movie. I mean, it's just, it's so great to see a character like that in in the film, um, very Bond-esque, very classic, suave sophisticated but complete badass i it's just he he is the full package in there um but then uh, going on to the villain samuel l jackson (laughs) this like he's the quintessential bond villain he's got the weird quirks to him to him um his plan of world domination is very like specter-esque um and the way he goes about doing it is like so it's such a modern take on a bond villain it's it's great he's also um What's interesting about him, I guess, it, it, well, interesting about the performance is that Samuel Jackson is playing very much against type, which 
He's he's usually playing yeah. like the, the 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 badass like uh, cool guy playing himself really in a lot of yeah like the the hard edged motherfucker yeah, exactly. you know yeah. so like um this is almost unrecognizable <laughs> he's he's like squeamish oh, and my God. like uh, highly strong and that's the yeah. best oh gosh the best part about him is not only the lisp because that's his little quirky yeah. tick but then the other quirk to him that is even better is his complete hatred and disgust of just violence yeah, and I, blood one, yet he's such a violent person things, one of my favorite things uh two of them i should say uh during the church scene is like when he's first activating the thing and he's like watching the screen and he's like, oh God, I shouldn't be watching this. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's, and then uh, his, his henchman mm-hmm. gazelle, which I'll, I'll get to, or, the, sorry, oh, yeah. her, his henchwoman gazelle, which I'll, mm-hmm. I'll get to in a second. She's like, oh, you got to take a look at this. And he's like, can you turn that <laughs> yeah, down, please? Yeah. And then at the end, he's like, she's like, you just killed a room full of people. And he's like, I didn't do it. They killed each other. And it's like, and I was it's, like, yeah. it, that's, that's the, it's such a great mentality for that character to have. And yeah, it, it really works. does. He's great. The whole, all the characters are really great. They're like they're not cartoonish, but I mean they're cartoonish, but they're not like right. so broadly like like drawn that you can't empathize with them a little bit or understand them. So it's it's, yeah, it's got, yeah, yeah, like yeah. a nice balance where it's where because it, you could have done again like an Austin Powers full on farce where it's like these are just caricatures. They're they're here to make you know jokes about um, the, the genre. But they didn't. They they went a little further, right. and they've actually made characters. And I think that's why this franchise is going to stand up like on its own two feet. Is it's got. I it's completely got agree. Of its and own. I yeah. Yes, that's and that that's one of the things that I love about it. It is. It's it's not a spoof at all. I mean, there are, there are elements of it that are spoofy, yeah. quote unquote. But it, it is one hundred percent not a spoof. It is. It's an homage and almost like a. I guess you could say satire in a way. But it's it's done in a way where the the film as a whole is a very well um, structured movie where the story is compelling. You can get behind the characters. They're not just in it for the yucks or the laughs or any of yeah. that stuff. They actually have motivations. There's there are very well realized story arcs throughout this um, throughout the movie, um, and I think that's one of the reasons why I I love it so much. I mean, and and actually I would say it's one of the reasons why I feel you can't compare it to something like an Austin Powers simply because, sure, they're both you know poking fun at the the classic Roger Moore and Sean Connery um, Bond films, but one is actually doing that in a way that's more serious and feels like it could, you know, take place in, in a real world. It's not like so outlandish and that's probably, probably because it's not a comedy and it's not strictly a spoof movie, but then you have, and and that's where like Austin powers comes in and and it does that flawlessly. And so that's why I kind of, I kind of look at these two properties. I'm like, sure. Their, their, their aim is kind of similar, but they're going about it in different ways. So I don't. I, I feel like you almost can't compare I think them. There's a lot know? of ways, but then also like um, speaking of that, um, I did a list comparing them um, while I was watching Kingsman. Oh, I, um, there we I, go. I was while I was watching it, I wrote a little list of like all the little references and gags I caught. Some of them are really obvious, and some of them are a little more um, just like sort of Easter eggs. Uh, so I, I, should I yeah, go through yeah, those now? Yeah. 
Yes, I think this is a great way. Um, so let's let's dive deeper into this. Let's talk about Bond's influence on Kingsman because we've already we've already gushed over the movie. You all know mm-hmm. that we love it, and I'm, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you love it too. Kingsman is undoubtedly fantastic. So yeah, let, let's talk about just as a whole Bond's influence on the film. Uh, some of the reference that references that we have may have um picked up on. Uh, if you don't mind, I just want to start out briefly because oh, I know your yours is a little bit more go specific than mine. But I think just if you look at the beginning of the movie, the beginning of the movie almost feels weirdly like uh, James Bond's first outing in Dr. No, where this event happens um, and uh, the, the government has to react. It kind of goes uh, a, a wrong way. I, I mean, this, it's very loosely similar, but it, it kind of does have hints of um, of Dr. No. So like a, a bad event happens. Uh, clearly, um, Eggsy's father gets killed trying to protect Harry and the rest of uh, their battalion in there and then they go uh, you know he goes to the family and he he gives him the the medal and that's where he eventually will use to, to become a Kingsman but the the, the thing that um, is interesting is much like in Dr. No James Bond really isn't introduced right off the bat we are eased into him through the series of events yeah. that happen mm-hmm. in Kingsman the exact same thing happens. The we go through the intro, uh, the the bad event, um, some some other events that happen, and then we segue into our main character. Obviously, on two very different levels here. I mean, Exy <laughs> is like a, a street kid growing up, you know, trying to survive and stuff like that. And and James Bond is a, a, swy, a suave, super sexually <laughs> active, uh, super spy. I mean, you know, like, I mean, it is what, I mean, what it is. He's gambling uh, and, yeah, and stuff yeah, like you're that. You're not wrong, but. But it just the, the the similarities between the structures, I thought, was done on purpose, okay. and it was done in a way that was subtle enough and original enough to where you're like, I can see where they're going with this, I, I but never it, it's yeah, done, it's, it's, you know, in an original yeah, manner. That's really cool. I um, yeah, no, I because I, I it's, that's one thing I actually did note when I was watching it. There are like, there are some structural things about like 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 you mentioning like about Kingsman that are very. Um, it's 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 about it's like Bond is ingrained in the foundation of this movie, um, and then I, I yeah, think I'll yeah. I'll start off with the thing I was alluding to earlier, with um, the villain plot and all, and like I was talking about Hugo Drax, uh, and Moonraker, and so mm-hmm. we're talking novel, about the yes, novel, the, the novel and the movie to yes, an extent. Yes. Um, so in the novel, uh, the, the big thing about Hugo Drax, and I think this has like kind of become a reoccurring theme, um, in the. In in the um, in Bond spoof media, or like Bond inspired media, but isn't mm-hmm. so much heavily emphasized in the in the movies, at least not until like later on in the franchise. But um, mm-hmm. like in the in the, in the book, Hugo Drax is a a philanthropic, very very notable socialite in uh, in Britain, and he's building the Moonraker rocket as a defense project for Britain against the Soviet Union. And that is like the, the plot. And everyone thinks he's doing a good thing. But mm-hmm. really, he's doing a bad thing and he's going to to nuke London. Um, and so and it's, it's all part of this big revenge plot that I won't go into because um, that's interesting to read if you want to read the book. Um, right, right. I think it's just interesting because, I mean, that's, that's they didn't really do that in the, in the movie. Hugo Drax is just a megalomaniacal, like, Space Hitler, and, and right, exactly. They, they sort of like I think the closest adaption to, to Hugo Drax in the 
in the movies is probably like Gustav Graves, <laughs> to be honest, because it's what he's doing with, <laughs> with the Icarus laser. That's, he's like, that's a yeah, good point. Like, yeah. It's not really too big in um, the Bond films, but it's definitely a big trope in the in the books um, from Moonraker. Right. And, and well, you could. Of, you could actually argue oh, yeah. that um, that Valentine oh, yeah. or Val- Valentine, yeah, whatever. Yeah, so Valentine is he? Yeah, he's, he's the closest. He's very much, very much a Hugo Drax type villain, where he's he's doing this big, um, like everyone thinks. Oh, he's releasing the SIM card. It's like a big good thing, but in reality, it's actually part of his mm-hmm. master plan to destroy everyone. Which also ties a bit into um, Hugo Drax from the movie, where he's doing this weird Noah's Ark plot, where he's gonna like. Yeah, oh, and so like, okay. Yeah, so like yeah, wipe, that's wipe right. Out yeah. Civilization, so we can start a new one, and then that's kind of similar. To, so he's he's very much a Hugo Drax type, um, whichever iteration you oh, want. Yeah, and then absolutely. the plot is, is very um, similar to Moonraker in that sense, uh, which I noticed was was pretty mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, you've got like other narrative elements, like um, the henchman in this case, uh, Gazelle. Oh you've my got, like, god! The, yes, the, yes, yes. Of, Gazelle with some sort of enhancement. Um, so like classic Bond henchmen, like Jaws or Odd Jobs, have like the hat or the the jaws um but and the thing i loved about so sophia botella mm-hmm. in there was that like she was like she wasn't just one of those one note henchmen like she actually spoke yeah. she actually did stuff um she 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 was oh, badass so cool. i mean i loved sophia botella in kingsman um and like you said it was it was the perfect homage to the classic colorful henchmen um because that's one of the things that i i think makes james bond <laughs> like so Honestly, so much fun yeah. is just like what kind of henchmen are they going to throw at us next like what are they going to come Giselle's up with a better henchman than we've gotten in a bond movie in a long time so it's I like i completely agree I with mean, you i mean yeah. i didn't mind mr hinks inspector but he wasn't he didn't steal the show in the same way that he was like a he was like a wannabe Jaws yeah, without the enhancement. Yeah, and he had those thumbs, but it was kind of like that's a little that's a little silly. It was a weird gimmick that yeah, he only I did once. Done that more. It was just like, but um, yeah. Okay. So the cool thing about Gazelle, she's constantly doing the, the like we got we got a full display of how she uses her um her yeah. uh, blade yeah. feet, I guess. Um, oh, she's just so cool. Uh, that's that's another thing. Um, there's an alpine base at the end, uh, which is very Majesty's. Um, very much, yeah. And yeah. Um, also, kind of like the idea of a bunch of diplomats being um, either brainwashed or replaced or whatever, kind of reminded me of uh, um, one of the James Bond video games, uh, which was Agent Under Fire. That, that had a plot about like cloning. Oh my god, diplomats dude! And, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you're spot on. Yeah, holy crap! I forgot and even about that. Had, that had like game. an Alpine base in it too, so that was kind of cool. Um, I right, have no idea. Right. So many alpine bases oh, yeah, in you Bond. Can't, can't get enough of them because that means you have an excuse to ski, and that's like the coolest kind of action scene. Yes, yeah, skiing. Um, if anyone right, at, right. at Aeon's listening, I want another ski scene because you teased us with Spectre, and then you didn't give it to us. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, they teased. I know they made us think we were uh, going to get it, and it oh, never happened. Um, so, and then. Well, it looks like oh, off topic real quick, but it looks like we're going to be getting some kind of scene like that in uh, Kingsman Ooh, too. Good, good, so. good. Okay, you're right. Actually, yeah, because yeah. that uh, the bit with the big American flag um, that, that parachute, like, which is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is so, so I'm funny. Run down yeah. A few more little things I noticed. There's also a, um, a scene where uh, in this uh, well, in the movies, in the Bond movies, Bond usually has dinner with the uh, the villain. They're very civil. Bond is very civil with his villains. Um, yeah, yeah. At least initially, and so we have a scene in this where Harry Hart has dinner with um, Valentine, and they talk about Bond movies, and they talk about how um, 
and that's well, and real yeah, quick yeah. before you go on there. That's one of the um, that that's one of the the um, uh, the things that's like that hammers down the fact that Harry is but very much like the James oh, Bond yeah. character in, and then, in this yeah, movie. And then they, they sort of talk about how like, oh, it's not that kind of movie when it really, it is absolutely that kind of movie. Oh it, my it's, God. it's a little bit yeah. of a subversion, but it's absolutely that kind of movie. And that's, what's so good about it. Um, uh, there's right. also um, another, what we're talking about, uh, eating habits. Um, James Bond <laughs> is kind of a, a kind of a know-it-all. And so whenever he has a drink, he always feels the need to announce exactly what they're drinking in the year that it was uh, sort of um, distilled. And so mm-hmm. the, the, throughout, the, throughout Kingsman, every time someone pours a drink, they announce what the drink is. And without actually reading the label, like, like they taste it and they're like, oh, this is a 2000s, like, you know, uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. They, do they the, perfectly the most, make fun the, of the that? The most notable in, one in the, was at uh, the very beginning yeah. when Lancelot sort of catches the drink out of the guy's hand as he shoots him. Um, and he, mm-hmm. and he goes, uh, 1962 Delmon, which I think the year is very deliberately a reference to, cause, uh, to Dr. No's uh, premiere year yep. nine, uh, 1962 yep. I, I caught was, that too I was, was like was good, oh was in, uh, I see what you're Skyfall doing with um, the um, the scotch so yes, just, and then there's yes. a couple of other, all the gadgets are very very a lot of Moonraker oh gadgets I, yeah. I'm actually not like I was a bit surprised just how many so like we got the po- um, the poison tip shoe like Rosa Klebs shoe from, from Russia with Love uh, right, but then we have yeah. the poison pen which was from Moonraker um which mm-hmm. Roger Moore has the dumbest line when he gets that. He goes, oh, for writing poison pen letters. I was like, that is the dumbest, stupidest joke. Um, but delivered in a way. Yeah, I think we could say it was used better uh, in right, Kingsman. Yeah, and then um, there's also the wristwatch with the dot in it, which is also from Moonraker. Yep. Um, yep. Then there's a, there's a the, the, the grenade lighter, which is like uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. There's a grenade lighter in that. Um Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, oh, you could also argue that it's like uh, Goldeneye too, because he's got the grenade pen. <gasps> so it's like yeah, kind of like stationary disguise as a grenade. The grenade yeah. inanimate object yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. And then he has the shock ring, uh, which is a lot like the Die Another Day shock ring. Yep. Um, yep. It, it, that one's more of like a sonic ring, but it, it's similar in concept. Um, I'm trying to think. I think those are, those are most of like the gadget. Oh, the, the, the remote control car. The the taxis are remote control, like in Tomorrow Never Dies, and he uses. Uses oh, his little you're tablet. right. I wait. Were the taxis? Remote? Oh, yeah, yes, they he, were. He, he That's brings right. Exit yeah. back to his apartment when he like sort of runs away. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You now a couple more like sort of uh, obscure things. Um, one thing I noticed was when we were in Harry's apartment. Since we're talking about Harry's apartment, that, that scene at Harry's apartment. Um, Harry is a fan of pinning butterflies, which is something that M does in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. That's like his hobby, <laughs> which <laughs> That's is kind so of interesting. Funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then and there's a couple of other things, um, a couple more obvious ones, like uh, when Eggsy names his dog JB, and then they have a little back and forth, and they, they make it right, funny how many right. spies have like the JB initials. Um, the movie ends with... <laughs> Jack Bauer? <laughs> the movie ends with um, Eggsy having sex, which is like a classic Roger Moore thing, and he makes a little joke about it. But then they wrap it up to <sighs> like it to the 10, next, and they're the like, level. whoa! Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which, you know, real quickly, some people didn't oh, like man. that. And I actually thought it was so it was funny. Hilarious. And it's kind of like that. That's almost what you know. That's what they would have done in the 70s if they had been able to, if they'd been allowed to. They would oh have absolutely God, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, done something like that. But um, 
I, I will uh-huh. say though, it what it did feel a little out of character for Eggsy. I mean, I totally like understood it, and I thought it was hilarious, and it didn't bother me at all. But for the people who didn't like it, yeah, it felt a little out of character for him to do that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and absolutely. And then like that, that's another thing. Um, I, I can see where they're coming from, but I mean. I was just too caught up in how funny it was. I was just wasn't overthinking. Right? It. Yeah, I didn't even care. I was like going go along for the it. same lines. Um, they make the pun after killing the villain. Um, they almost do an anti pun when he kills Valentine, where he goes, "I thought what kind of movie, bruv? And um, that's like uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a callback yeah. to what they were talking about with um, between Harry and Valentine earlier. Um, yes. Yeah, there's yeah. a couple of other things like uh, they use satellites. That's really. Like, <laughs> oh my god, how many Bond villains everyone, use freaking satellites, satellites for just it, it, everything? It's, it's like, <laughs> if the second satellite technology was a thing that's like everything has to be a satellite, like it's like, oh, satellites, <laughs> ah! it was a little, it was a little less yeah. ridiculous than the satellite from, um, uh, what's it call it? Um, you only look oh, twice. I was, I was thinking of like like triple X, but um, oh, triple X oh, was that Fast oh, and Furious? Oh, actually, that's not even a satellite, and you only live twice. That's the um, that's the spaceship that grabs <laughs> yeah, the stuff one that eats other life. shuttles. That um, yeah, I mean they have like one in yeah, Diamonds yeah. of Forever and uh, Goldeneye and Die Another Day, and there's satellites in all of these, but um, they love so satellites. Many satellites. But um, so that that was that was kind of fun. Um, on top of that, they also had yeah. um, just. Like things like um, the blaring horns in the soundtrack, they had like this very Bondian yes. soundtrack where they're like, wah, yeah. wah, 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 like right, which is which is cool because you know what Henry Jackman and Matthew Margeson mm-hmm. are able to do is their their score is very much not James Bond while still being very much yeah. James Bond. And what I mean is by like their their instrumentation, the types of inst- or the yeah the types of instruments they use, how prominent each section is is very Bond. But they're playing like rock music yeah. almost throughout the entire thing. And actually, I think it's that the music itself is a perfect analogy for what this film is to to James Bond. It is a rock interpretation of the classic James sure. Bond. Yeah, no, that's actually really I like that. I like that. It's a nice um, summation of what it would be, I guess. And then I kind of, and I kind of like right, I guess right. the last note I have here, which ties a bit into that, because uh, it is a very, definitely a subversion of the Bond. Uh, formula where you have to be familiar with Bond in order to get a lot of the stuff in Kingsman, but it is not necessarily mm-hmm. just a uh, a set of references. This isn't like a Family Guy skit where you, it's like just a reference to think something. You know what I mean? That's that's not the joke, right? Right. So to speak. Um, this it, it, it's more like it rewards you for knowing stuff about Bond. And the, the last thing, the last thing exactly. is more, one of the more obvious, uh, I guess, James Bond tropes that they sort of subvert which is when uh valentine starts monologuing and then straight up just shoots harry which is uh, instead yeah. of setting up an elaborate <laughs> yeah. death which, which is very uh cool i guess so uh i will say you missed one thing oh, and i'm really? surprised you missed it uh very i mean it's not it's not like detrimental <laughs> or anything but um uh uh merlin merlin is I mean, basically yeah, okay, so yeah yeah the, most of the i mean arthur is uh is an m and uh a fucking sorry uh Merlin is Q and I'm actually surprised they didn't have like a um a money penny stand in I'm surprised they didn't have like a like like her name is like Guinevere well, or something or <laughs> right you you could you could argue that Roxy kind of is because she's I mean she granted she's out in the field first and she's technically a king's man yeah um I saw her but, more as a like a I mean a, I guess a, a, it it remains to be seen whether or not she will be um, a Monty Penny character I in the sequel. I sort of saw her sequel. as more of like I mean, a, the Bond girl, the kind of 
But like a, a, a yeah, really? like, you know, it's like because he's like she's like the main. I mean, she's not like the main love interest or anything, but there's clearly something going on between the two of them, like chemistry wise. And uh, yeah, that's and, that's true. Okay, fine. I take I take it back. Yeah, it's in in a, in a warped, not necessarily warped, but in a different kind of yeah. interpretation. She is the Bond girl, she but she's like, more like way more badass like and capable and, and, and stuff like that. I guess, where she was both the Bond girl and that's that's basically what I was trying to equate yeah, yeah, yeah. it to, <laughs> but I couldn't. I didn't have the words <laughs> in my my mouth. But yeah, no. Head, so those but. are like a lot of the. the, the I mean, and basically the entire aesthetic of the movie is very much like the 60s gentleman spy world that Bond established where everyone wears, like, you know, the suits yeah. and, yeah. like, have the cool gadgets and the cars. And the, it's all aesthetically very, very um, derivative of Bond in a, in a, in a loving oh, way. Oh, yeah. And, and, um, so, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, those are just sort of the broad strokes with a couple of little, little Easter eggs in there. But uh, yeah, that's what I picked up right, on, and there's probably right. a ton more that I didn't pick up on. It was late, <laughs> I, I, right? I mean, you know, going through going through a city. I mean, we're not pausing the movie, writing down literally every single Thank thing, God, but just God. like <laughs> watching it as a viewer, what Bond fans would pick up on. You you picked up on a lot of the same stuff that I mm-hmm. picked up on. Um, but then like with your extended knowledge of the books and stuff like that, you were able to tie in other stuff a little bit more, such as like you know Valentine Va- Valentine um being more of like the the Drax from the book as opposed to Drax from the movies, even though there are definitely like parallels there and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. So I, I completely echo everything <laughs> you said. I think that was a pretty it's a pretty so if you're looking for to find Bond's influences and references in Kingsman, that's the yeah. gist of it is that and I think list. I was saying I, I said this to you recently. My biggest regret with the Kingsman movies uh, is that Roger Moore didn't get a chance to be have a cameo in it. Yes, like I was saying, he could yeah. he could have yeah, played the uh, the Mark Hamill role or something like that. Where it was like that would have been really nice to see if just like just a little bit part where he could have been one of the the kidnapped people. I know in um I've read. Honest to God, you know, and this would have been weird. And, you know, as much as I love Michael Caine in the role, Roger Moore could have been been really cool. Actually, that would have been really because then he'd have a more prominent role. You know, I know in the um, in the graphic novel for the Secret Service, uh, because that has a similar plot with uh, kidnapping celebrities. I know one of the celebrities that's kidnapped is oh, one of them is Mark Hamill, which is why Mark Hamill's in the movie. yeah, which but is one so of the, funny. One of the people who's kidnapped is Pierce Brosnan, which is <laughs> which is a really nice touch. <laughs> they should have done, done that. that it would have been really funny, but oh well. I, I guess it would have been distracting. But here's, but. here's yeah, yeah. That's that. I think that that's my only thing is that I think it would have been a little too on yeah. the nose. Like having Roger Moore in there in like a prominent role that's not just a glorified cameo. That would have been a nice way to honor their, his take on the Bond films. But I think once you start throwing in too many cameos there, like Pierce Brosnan or Sean Connery mm-hmm. or like whatever, oh, well, even though Sean Connery doesn't act do it anymore. <laughs> It would have been, yeah, it would have been like, okay, are we going into Austin Powers territory yeah, now? Yeah, I think that's, that was probably a smart move to not do it. But Roger Moore would have been, he's, he's very much the spiritual um, yes. uh, granddaddy of these films. So it would have been Yeah, I, been nice. I completely but, oh, well, agree. Um, his memory lives on in these movies no matter what. So that's that's all that matters. Yeah, it's it's true. And it's it's very, very evident. If you've never watched a Roger Moore We're James Bond podcast, film, yeah. why are you listening to this show? Because you should have. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, I, just watching Roger Moore films, then watching um, 
Kingsman, it's it's very evident that they they very much pull yeah. from that, um, but in a little bit more of a serious mm-hmm. manner. So uh, to close out this brother from Langley segment, I, as I mentioned at the beginning, we're going to discuss whether you know Kingsman actually is the spiritual successor to the classic Bond esque <laughs> style from the sixties and the seventies, mainly just Connery and uh, and, and yeah. more. So um, once again, I'm going to let you uh, have the first word since you are being so lovely oh, of over course. there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I guess I have two thoughts about this because in a lot of ways, a lot of the stuff I've just said is pointing towards, yes, obviously this is the spiritual successor to, um, those kinds of movies. Um, right. But I feel like almost it's, it's to the point where Kingsman is so indebted to the, the, to the Bond style that, it it can it, it can't be the spiritual successor. It is it's a tribute band rather than um, a yes. Oh, you took the words yeah, out yeah, of my it's, mouth. <laughs> it's a tribute band to Bond rather than the successor to Bond. Uh, I feel like yeah, um, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's that, that, that sounds slanderous, but it's not. It, I mean, in a very very good right. way. Right. Well, I mean, if if you look at it, um, if if you look at it like you said in the analogy of a tribute band, tribute bands can sometimes introduce people who are unfamiliar with the original yeah. music to that music and people will just be at a bar and they're hearing it and they're like, wow, I really dig this. I'm going to want to go back and listen to it. If you look at Kingsman in that same sort of way, it's the um, the 60s and 70s style Bond. Um, it, it's the tribute to, to that in, in a modern context for modern audiences. Yeah. If people really dig that kind of thing, they have all of the Connery and, and more films that they can go back and watch and get, uh, you know, not the exact same kind of feel, but like a similar ish yeah, yeah. feel. So where, like where, what, what inspired what they've just seen, I guess. And so I feel yes. like it's definitely going to go a long way as a franchise and I want it to. It's great. I love it so much. Um, but right, I feel like right, it, right. I mean, it's so you, reliant on Bond that I don't think it could exist outside of that um that yeah. bond sphere yeah whereas something like um jason bourne which i i kind of shat on earlier when i said it was too serious and th- i feel like that is almost more <laughs> uh appropriate to call a spiritual successor it's not really but um you could call it that because it is something within the spy genre that is different but also very it, it's it's still well it's yeah. um is James Bond for a, a, a post 9-11 Right, age. and it becomes one of those things where, like, then Bond started to do what Jason Bond was doing, which was doing what Bond was doing. And it's like, yep. it's like a, yep. the snake that eats itself. But, um, yeah, it is very <laughs> – it's very interesting. Um, but I don't think it's it's um, the spiritual successor. But it is a very, very loving, well-made tribute band uh, that sometimes releases their own yeah. songs in the style of – yeah, I was I was just about to say, yeah, it's it's a it's a tribute band that can stand on its own. Yeah, they have their own original content that they're putting out, but people just love it for the fact that it's a tribute band and something yeah, exactly. that they love when they play those covers. Um, but that's not to say that their their own content isn't good. Their own songs aren't good because Kingsman, a lot of the stuff that's original to it is terrific. Oh, yeah. and it's got that hard edge that and it cro- it's got a hard edge to it, and it's but in like a fun way, and then it crosses a line that something like James Bond can't do, and so they're able to go right, further yeah. um, than than what Bond has been able to do, and, and give us something that's a, a little bit more wacky, a little bit more violent, a little bit more like amped you know, up. sexual, yeah, yeah. I guess you could say. 
Um, and, and it's all done, you know, in, in loving tribute to the, uh, the Bond films that very much clearly almost 100% inspired, uh, Kingsman. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just, you know, it's one of those situations. So I, I weirdly enough, I'm not going to disagree <laughs> with you on that. I don't, I wouldn't call it a spirit, a spiritual successor at all. It is, um, it's its own thing, but it definitely pays tribute to, what gave it the tools to 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 be um uh great mm-hmm. i guess you could yeah. say no for sure. i think yeah we're in total agreement there's not gonna be too much discussion on this one because right yeah. no no no. we we can we can move <laughs> right along into shaken but heard so that is all we have to say on kingsman the secret service clearly uh great a, a phenomenal film that is very much inspired by the classic bond films uh if you have never seen it yeah, go watch it. Go watch the golden. I'm gonna say the golden compass. Jesus, uh, go watch the golden. The golden, the golden circle. circle this weekend. Um, yes, go see that. We want them to make a third yes. one. We want at least a oh, trilogy on our hands. Um, so yes, moving right along into our final segment, shaken but heard. So as we've been discussing, basically for the the entirety of the show, uh, there there has been quite a few homages and parodies and and satire, or I'm sorry, satirical takes on on James Bond, and so. We're going to discuss what the best ones are, what some of our favorite ones are, and then what makes a good Bond parody, because there are a lot of contributing factors that go in here, and there have been some great ones, there's been some not-so-great ones, um, and then there's just been everything else in between. So, (laughs) uh, Brody... What are some of your favorite? Or you know what? Actually, no. You've been. You, I've been having you start <laughs> off for like all of this stuff. I'm just gonna go right into it because my list is is far go shorter uh, than yours. Obviously, Austin Powers. I mean, you want to talk about the other end oh, of the spectrum yeah. where where Kingsman is its own thing, um, but it, it it's it pays tribute to to Bond. Austin Powers is the uh, the stand up <laughs> comic who only references one thing. It's the stand up comic that only uh, tells jokes about like comic book movies. That is what <laughs> uh, Austin Powers is. It is. So funny. Some of my most, some of my fondest movie experiences, um, I think were just watching the Austin Powers movie. Because even though when I was younger and I hadn't seen all of the Bond films and I wasn't getting all of the intricate little references, I still thought the movie was fucking hilarious. And watching it now, the movie is. 10 times oh, more yeah. funny not only because i can pick up on on all the sexual <laughs> content but also because i can pick up on the bond references because i've seen all of the films <laughs> so it's <laughs> they're so great i'm not gonna like say what well actually if i had to choose my personal favorite one i i'm gonna go out there on a limb and say gold member was my favorite one i know kill me it's I, I, it's Nothing the least that. revered one but i think it's the one that i recall the most and it's the one that has my favorite uh scenes and it it has me laughing to tears at multiple moments in that oh, one same. um and then i would say um spy who shagged me and the original austin powers are basically on the same mm-hmm. level i give her I, on on any given day one is better than the other but i'm giving the slight edge to gold member just for that um and then obviously we just talked about it kingsman i, I it stands on its own we already talked about why it is a great homage and stuff like that um i'm trying to think if i had anything else on the top of my head <laughs> uh i guess you could uh, well oh i'm so archer oh, yeah archer yeah, yeah, is like mm-hmm. Whew. yeah 
I mean, Archer does it in kind of a Archer is Archer's interesting. Well, because while it's not a movie, it's it's a TV show, and um, it's kind of the in between uh, of the Austin Powers and the yeah. Kingsman. Whereas like Kingsman very much stands on its own as a tribute. Um, Austin Powers is reliant on the James Bond isms to to um, give us comedy. Archer is kind of in the middle because it definitely parodies Bondisms, but then it also has those Kingsman elements where it it can stand on its own and and it, it they do their own things, but you can yeah. clearly tell it that it's influenced so much by, as well. Like I think James it's like Bond. the thing. Um, like like Archer yes, as a character yes. is very obviously a caricature of like of the alcoholic like like James Bond if he was a real person would be a lot like Archer he'd be a, he'd be a dick and so um I think mm-hmm. it, it just mm-hmm. takes that to its next logical conclusion and then builds off of that which is a really fun way to do a a parody of um of James Bond and one we haven't really seen before like like no one's really taken like run with that like what if we take everything bad about James Bond and then just like ramp it up cuz um yeah <laughs> yes. so I mean yes. that's just and then obviously you have like um, Mallory, who's a lot like Jam- Dame Judi Dench's M, and but like and it plays and it plays up right. the, the mother son aspect of them, but takes it literally and <laughs> yes. like yeah, it's just yeah. great. <laughs> No, I I completely agree. Yeah, it, that was that's actually a great a great way to phrase it. It takes the worst parts of James Bond, puts it at the <laughs> forefront, and makes a parody out of it. Yeah, that's a that's a great way. Um, I'm trying to think if I have anything else. Uh, I, well, I guess you could say to some extent. We and we talked about this last night. I'm sure you're going to go into it mm-hmm. a little bit more, in in a little bit more depth. Uh, the the Get Smart TV yes. series to yeah, yeah. an extent. Um, because I I I don't think it's necessarily um a parody or an homage of James Bond as it as it really is just the super spy genre in general that's not to say they're not taking elements oh, from yeah. james bond they 100% are because it's it's the the prominent figure in that subgenre but you know it, it's one of those things where it rides the fine line of being a bond parody and just being a parody of super spy uh, subgenre mm-hmm. so um i guess i can throw it in there simply because bond is the prominent figure in that but yeah, those are those are my 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 picks for the best um best Bond homages, tributes, uh, parodies, and, and such. Yeah. So, uh, how about you? What are what are your picks? I know we're gonna well, have yeah, some. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll start by riffing off of what you were saying about Get Smart. I'd say Get, Get Smart's definitely definitely. A, I mean, because it, it it came out in the '60s along with um, uh, Man from Uncle um, and a couple of other shows. Oh crap! I forgot. Oh um, yeah, Man they, from they, Uncle. They were yeah. part of that spy boom that Bond. Very, very much started, um, and I think like, there are parts of Get Smart that are like like literally lifted from um, from Bond, and like in terms of like they work for uh, the like, they work for like Control, and then they they go up against an organization called Chaos, which is a lot like Spectre, and it's uh, it, is, yeah, it has a lot of yeah. that sort of um, I don't know that Cold War, but like we're not really going to address the Cold War directly kind of like tropes that the, that the early Bond <laughs> yeah, movies were sort yeah. of stuck with where like they there's a lot of the, a lot of the um I don't know if people some people might not know there's a lot of the earlier books were just was just Bond and the Russians you were getting up against an organization called Smersh um Smersh or whatever you want to say it um and it was just a Russian mm-hmm. spy organization um like that, that was like a little more covert than the KGB but but for the movies they were like we don't want to piss Russians off so we'll make we'll just make Spectre way more prominent um <laughs> yeah. respect is really only in the last three we books, don't want to but um but yeah so it's uh well i mean i guess the, the, not right. the last three books but the uh it's in thunderball uh majesty secret service and um you don't have twice but 
Um, anyway, so it is it is interesting. It has a lot of like I don't know. I get that vibe from it when I watch it, and it has it, it's it's like what if James Bond was an right, idiot? Like, right. And a lot of these shows can be so sort of distilled into like <laughs> James Bond yeah. was an idiot. <laughs> so I think a lot of these shows can be distilled into like one line elevator pitches like that. Um, with uh, the interesting bit, the the man right. from Uncle. Well, I mean, I guess you could you could say that about any like super spy True, kind yeah. of thing that was done during the 60s I or think, or whatever simply be, that's just because James Bond was like at the forefront yeah, of that and thing I think, you um, know? The, well more obviously with um the man from uncle that like because that yeah. was they yeah. actually brought Ian Fleming on board to um to like to sort of write like it. throw concepts out he I think he came up with Napoleon Solo yeah. as a character and um originally God, that sounds that is such an oh, awesome I name. I just and so love I think originally it. They, 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 I just like just pulled it up now. Um, so yeah, originally it was going to be called Ian Fleming Solar, um, which would have been interesting, but they didn't end up going with that. What about, yeah, he would have given us a, another spy series, but from an American right, yeah, and he's still very much responsible for like a lot of that, um, like the initial development of it. But uh, and then yeah. most recently, the, the Guy Ritchie movie that they made was oozing with James Bond um, style. Oh my and, god, oh, yes. Oh, that movie's fantastic. Yes. Um, it, that is one... Uh, quick tangent here. That is one of the most underrated movies I've seen in like the last... Say this again. <laughs> the last 10 years. Sure, we'll throw that out there. It, it's... I, I did not understand... I really didn't understand the hate for that I movie at all, to be honest with you. I honestly don't understand it either. It's, it's another one of those like sort of... It was a little less tongue-in-cheek than... Um, than like something like Kingsman, but it was still fun. Um, and I think right, right. Well, it, it wasn't was a, not parody a parody at I mean, all. I mean, I mean the same way the that thing. Man from Uncle as a TV show was not a parody. And um, I think yeah, it's yeah. interesting that um, I think it's interesting that because it, it was a lot more in, in like if if Kingsman is a um, a like an amped up version of the Bond movies, then Man, the Man from Uncle, especially the movie, is literally just what if we just make a movie exactly like they made those early Bond movies, but today. And because it's almost, it's almost like beat for beat a Bond movie and it takes itself as seriously as a Bond movie did. And it's, it's, it's great. So if you want that, if you're, if you're uh, nostalgic for those types of movies, check it out. Cause it's still got funny moments in it. Like the bit where they're frying the guy by accident on the chair and like, it's it's brilliant. It it is. There is some really funny stuff. It still like takes itself very seriously, which is enjoyable, which is what you, what you want out of your, uh, your spy thriller every now and then. But um, and then on top of that, Austin yeah, Powers sure. obviously is um, without um, without mentioning that would be a mistake. <laughs> Some, mm-hmm. uh, you, I mean, it just it it is the it is. Bond I mean, it, parody. It forced them like, to change Bond because it was so it was it was pointing out all the tropes that don't that people were and people were gonna suddenly get yeah. sick of because it was so obvious. But um, yeah. Right. And so like uh, I'm trying to think of more. I guess um. I mean, there are a ton, but they're, they're not very good. Is the thing there's not there's not a ton of really really good ones. <laughs> like we were talking about, yeah, um, I, I, I think the, we the Casino Royale, the the original Casino Royale, like parody, the original one, one. Yeah, right. Which did that have Michael Caine? Uh, in? No, that had David Niven in it, and um and uh, that's right, that's Woody right. Allen. Okay, yeah, I was thinking of the original Italian. Oh job yeah, for yeah. Reason. I mean, a ton of a ton of um, yeah. I guess these are these are more like homages. A ton of those early Michael Caine action movies, like um. Oh, what's it called? I forget the name of it, but the one where um, he's it, it, basically Michael Caine is playing like a type of a Bond type character in the sixties, and um, mm-hmm. his name is actually uh, Harry, which is where Harry Hart gets his name in Kingsman. Um, it's a nice uh, little nod. Yeah. And he wears the glasses, yeah. the big Michael Caine glasses, and so um, 
Oh, uh, and so I guess it, it only made sense to have Michael Caine <laughs> right, in Kingsman. Right, yeah, so I think that, that, that role was definitely um, tailor-made for him. But, um, yeah, so yeah, I think yeah. there's just so much, uh, I guess, that riffs off of Bond. I mean, Mission Impossible has definitely gotten a lot more Bond um, the movies have, anyway. Um, well, I think so. I, think, I, I, I think, don't I think know, they've, though. They've, they've lately have gotten a little more outlandish. They've got the gadgets. They've got all the little, like, Bits and bobs, and then that, like, okay, the, yeah, yeah, that's right, definitely right, in the yeah. vein of of James Bond. They've 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 sort of transformed, but but they uh, use Simon Pegg's character into a Q. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, but I I look at it as more of like like a the I guess if James Bond worked as part of a team, I guess you could say because it's it's very much fo- it's its focus is definitely on the the team element, and like Ethan Hunt obviously is like the, yeah. the main character. But like I wouldn't say I wouldn't I, say I, he's I guess a it's James the, Bond type character. I just think the the show no, not the at show all. itself not at all. It, the show and the movie are, are definitely they wouldn't exist if James Bond didn't exist. You know what I mean? Like yeah, so no like, way. they're definitely no, informed yeah, by yeah. James Bond. So I think. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, there's just a couple of them um, that I could think of. Yeah, the 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 the, the Casino well, Royale ones are bad. Re- ones, really, but, like I yeah. I think you said it. Yeah, I I'm sorry, I don't mean no, to keep no, no, cutting you off, but <laughs> I. I, I think you said it best um, earlier, where it's like, there's a lot of them out there, but there's only a select few of good ones. And I think we have basically t- uh, tackled the yeah. good ones. So going off of that, just and, and to wrap up mm-hmm. everything here, in your mind, what makes a good Bond parody? Because good, hmm. there's, you know, there you could cross some lines, you can just become stupid and yeah. stuff like that. But it, it's got to have some magic to it to make it uh, That's a good true. Bond I think this, parody. My first point would be it's kind of an intangible thing, but you just have to, you have to have a love and an understanding for the for the material, and it's, it's the same thing with any yeah. parody, really. Like it's, I think it's the difference between. Austin Powers and uh, you know an SNL skit, you know what I mean? Where like like yeah, if, if, yeah, if SNL yeah. like this, this is hypothetically, I'm not meaning to pick a fight with SNL, but um like let's say let's say hypothetically <laughs> SNL was to do a James Bond parody, what would they do? They would do the surface level sort of like okay, we got a guy in a chair with a scar, and then we've got like um with a cat, and we've got like an alcoholic protagonist who's very misogynistic, like you know very surface level stuff. But then you take that to the right. next level, and then you've got like with an understanding of the character. And that's when you get something like Austin Powers, where it's like, you are, you are making those surface level jokes, but you're also just taking it a step further. And you're sort of, um, I don't know. There's just more of an understanding of why these tropes are a thing. And that's, that's the best way to make a joke. Right, about something right. is well, understanding it, I guess. So, um, yes. And, and I think that goes in tandem with, you know, if you're going to do, do a, a James Bond parody or something like that, you have to make it feel like you genuinely have to make it feel like James Bond, yeah. I think in a way, like whether it be like you pick the era of Bond that you want it to feel like, like whether it be the, the Brosnan ones, Dalton, Moore, Connery, Craig, whatever, you, whatever you want to do. Honestly, I'd love to see if you're yeah. going to parody. Oh no, I'm sorry. I was just going to conclude by saying like, if you're going to parody, parody it, it has to have that feel. You can't just, like you said, be making service level jokes, very vague, you know, references and just, Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, no, that it doesn't work. Absolutely. And, and I think, um, that's, that's where a lot of like a lot of these parodies do fall flat where it's like, it's like, okay, yeah, you get it. You've seen a James Bond movie in passing before, but, um, the, the yeah, thing is, I, yeah, I would love yeah. to uh, see actually, we've seen so many parodies of the Sean Connery and the Roger Moore era. Of I would love to see them do a parody of like like of um the Daniel Craig era or the the, the Pierce Brosnan era like it'd be really cool to see 
how you do a parody of those because um, because they are so right. reliant well, on I mean, the, you know, the, give the it, previous entries in the in the series. It'd be interesting to yeah, see yeah. how you would tackle that without making it generic. Because I mean, right. that, 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 if anyone's listening, write me a parody of uh, of one of those, <laughs> and then you'll have my interest. Because um, I feel there like there we go. I feel, I feel like there Special Pierce Brosnan is ripe for parody. Oh my god. Oh, it is. It, there is so much in there. To pay. I mean, freaking just make an El- Elliot Car- oh, Carver esque yes. villain. Oh my god! Like, yeah, that's oh, the next oh, Kingsman movie. You have to have an Elliot Carver esque oh, media yes. villain. That'd be great. Delicious. Delicious. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. No. So like, um, I feel like yeah, you could do because like, Pierce Brosnan has like the machine guns and shit like that, like which no other Bond seems to do. You could like do like the the dual wielding machine gun Bond. Um. Who just has like oh my so God. much sex and so much like drink. He like he took it too far. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, I know. So, like that would be that would be one of the next interesting step because I think we've seen enough of the um, love and attention to given to the Sean Connery and, well, uh, and Moore <laughs> films. Right. Well, and you know, I think Pierce uh, Pierce Brosnan and James Bond parody might be next on the the list for some people because nine the feel of '90s action movies have kind of been in uh, resurgence. True. So maybe yeah. that'll lend itself to to us getting one of those. <laughs> Honestly, I can see someone like on a top being in a Kingsman movie as well, like like strangling. Yeah. So it's like, it's yeah. like just sexual enough to be. Um, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just it makes sense yeah, for a Kingsman yeah. movie. <laughs> Right. So, okay. Any closing thoughts on this? Because I think we've covered um, everything, but no, I just want to make sure. I've pretty much covered. I think um, one thing I would recommend is people like if if they haven't checked out Bond um, parodies or like homages, definitely check them out. Especially if you are a Bond fan, because they're, they're fun. If you're a Bond fan, but on top of that, I think by watching someone emulate or um, like pay tribute to something you love, you sort of understand a bit more about it like i understand a lot more about bond yeah. because i've watched things like austin powers or like the man from uncle because it distills the things that we love about that property and puts them out to bear i guess um and so yeah if you, if you right, want to sort of right. understand a bit more about your passion for bond just you know broaden your horizons and it's also fun so you know oh yeah and you'll get some good exactly, laughs along yeah. the way that's that's the best part all right. Well, with that, that is the end of our show here. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. While we weren't, you know, talking directly about James Bond, he clearly had an influence on this oh, conversation, yeah. much like he did with the properties that we <laughs> talked about in this oh, conversation. Nice, nice, uh, tie together. Boom. <laughs> Nice tie together. I am very proud of myself for that one. Um, But as always, guys, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Leave us a review, a rating, something there, because that's really what helps us out. It's what uh, gets the podcast noticed by people. So head on over to iTunes and be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Uh, Really, (laughs) just just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Um, (laughs) And then also, if you want to subscribe to something else that has our two beautiful (laughs) voices and and faces on it, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Men vs. Movies, where we cover not just James Bond, not just Kingsman, but movies in general. We do movie reviews. uh, We we do some other content in there. We have the podcasts and stuff. And it's it's movie-centric. Go check it out. I'm sure you'll it's a good time. love it. And Brody, um, or before I give Brody, before I give you give your uh, let you give your uh, 
your your social media yes. links. Um, all the links for our um, social media are in the description of this episode. So if you're interested in following us on Twitter, like against us on Facebook, they're in the, uh, the description. All right, Brody, where can everyone you can find, find me you? on Twitter at Brody Cervelli. Um I'm sure there'll be a link in the description as well. Um, in case the name is intimidating. Yeah, it will. But um, yeah, so if you if you want to hear my <laughs> thoughts, definitely uh, catch it because it's not always about movies and stuff just if you just want to like get to know me as a person which i wouldn't recommend because the more you know the less you like so (laughs) but feel free hey or or the more they like who knows sometimes you get you you get one of those creepy fans that's like hey brody brody (laughs) well (laughs) they'll they'll be all over you man they'll be following you on sending Uh, you mail physical physical mail not just emails but Dress, oh at. yes! <laughs> I I made this for you with oh my, my tears. God, like an anthrax letter or something. It's gonna be. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my gosh that's so funny anyways we love all of you thank you for watching uh if you like me specifically and you like what i have to say you can always give me a follow on twitter <laughs> at griff schiller all right and we will see you back here next week for another episode of the words are not enough but until then take care I'm Jimmy. And I'm Kenny the Car Man. Hurry up and save at the all new R Town Ford. Your new choice in Randallstown. There's hundreds of new Fords with total savings to up to $12,000. Or choose 0% financing up to 72 months. It's my town. It's your town. It's R Town Ford. Hi, I'm Jimmy. And I'm Kenny the Car Man. Hurry up and save at the all new R Town Ford. Your new choice in Randallstown. There's hundreds of new Fords with total savings to up to $12,000. Or choose 0% financing up to 72 months. It's my town. It's your town. It's R Town Ford.